0: As firefighters, we're no stranger to flow. We measure the gallons we put on a burning building in gallons per minute, and we understand that in order to be most effective with that flow, we need to reduce or eliminate obstructions and kinks in the line. You've heard the phrase, time flies when you're having fun, right? Well, time is seemingly passing by more quickly because you're more likely in what's called a flow state. Some people refer to it as being in the zone. In today's episode, I'll talk about what it means to be in a flow state, how to recognize it, and I'll provide some strategies to help you facilitate it because we typically perform our best while operating in a flow state. Have you ever had one of those shifts that just seems to drag on and on and on, where it just seems like time is passing so slowly that you feel like you'll go insane? What about those shifts that seem to go by in the blink of an eye? Can you think of the reasons why it may seem like a shift goes by super slow versus super fast? Well, something that I've observed is that shifts at the firehouse seem to drag on and on when things are super slow. And call volume is way down. It seems like the more you have going on and the more you have tasks taking up chunks of the day, whether it's training or running calls, the quicker time passes. And this can be directly related to being in a flow state. Being in a flow state means that you're in a state of perfect focus where you're not even consciously thinking about things or processing things moment by moment. It's a state of subconscious high performance. The great thing about this is that it's not limited to people who play sports, as some may think. We achieve this when we're able to block out distractions and just focus on the objective. When we first learn something, everything lights up in our brains in the frontal lobe. When we're sitting through medic class or firefighter one and two, whatever it may be. We're absorbing new concepts and making an active effort to understand them. For example... When we're going through paramedic school, like I mentioned, and we're learning to start an IV, we have a lot to remember and think about when it comes to not only the process of physically performing that skill, but we learn all the reasons as to why we may need to do it in the first place. And once we've grasped the concept and have honed our skill to the point where we're proficient at it, the nervousness of performing goes away and it becomes automatic. As we become experts in a certain thing, The activity in our frontal lobe goes down because it's becoming a part of our subconscious at that point. This is because repetition is the language of the brain. This is because repetition is language of the brain. See what I did there? Dad joke, right? Repeating it. Anyway, so how often can people reach a flow state? One of the biggest misconceptions is that this only happens a few times in a person's life, which is way off. This couldn't be further from the truth, but we'll dive more into that strategy of it all later. Uh, for now, listen to this. Some people may feel that caffeine improves performance. This is very true in some cases, and in my research about how flow states and focus works, I've learned that people with attention deficit hyperactive disorder, or ADHD, benefit very well from the use of stimulants. And it works on a neurological receptor level. It works differently for people who don't have ADHD, though. For example, think about how caffeine affects you. Does it wake you up and get you amped, flooding your body with energy? Or does it help calm things down and put you in a more focused and restful state? Well, if you have to drink coffee in the morning to help get you going, I've got news for you you most likely do not have ADHD, or ADHD tendencies anyway. And if the opposite is true, where you become more calm and focused, in a mood where distraction is at extreme minimums, then guess what? You've probably got ADHD, or at the very minimum, tendencies. Now, you may not have ever been officially diagnosed, but if you're like me, when you look at the symptoms and behavior tendencies that align with ADHD, it becomes very clear as to which category you fall into. And personally, I don't drink coffee. However, there was a time when I did. I didn't do it regularly. Quite honestly, I did it before bed because it helped me go to sleep. Weird, right? This kind of began my journey into understanding all this, because for most people, caffeine was a stimulant. kept them awake, kept them up, active. And caffeine has the opposite effect on me. calms my mind eliminates all distraction at the same time and it helps me focus. According to an article on Healthline.com, dopamine levels in the brain have to be within a very narrow margin in order for a person to be able to focus on their work. But in ADHD, dopamine levels are too low. Stimulant chemicals such as caffeine or amphetamines tend to increase dopamine levels. So for most people, adding, adding like a stimulant will push that dopamine level too high causing agitation and anxiety. But for people with ADHD, adding stimulants can get the levels just right. Some studies have found that caffeine can boost concentration for people with ADHD, kind of like it does for me. Since it's a stimulant drug, it mimics some of the effects of stronger stimulants used to treat ADHD. However, caffeine alone is less effective than prescribed medications. Adults can use caffeine safely for their ADHD, but caffeine consumption can actually harm children and teens by putting stress on their forming hormonal and adrenal systems so those kids who want to be cool in high school and and junior high and want to drink their Starbucks all day just think about what it's doing to their hormonal and adrenal systems it's not doing good things you can see this manifested through an increase in Hashimoto's syndrome and other adrenal or hormonal balance issues but anyway Getting back on track, speaking of ADHD, right? In regards to flow, we understand that on a fire ground, flow is important when running water through hose lines, right? I mentioned that before. We know that the more appliances and kinks in the hose, the more our pressure is subject to friction loss. And as a result, we get a reduction in our desired flow coming out of the nozzles. This is obviously undesirable, right? So how do we reduce the friction loss in our own personal lives? When it comes to maximizing our flow. Well, to help put things in perspective. And to help you recognize what it may feel like to be in a flow state. Or if you're doubting that you've ever even been in a flow state. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been driving to or from work. And you arrive at your destination. Whether it's the firehouse or home. Without any conscious memory of the trip. Like you get to where you're at. And you think, i do not even remember the last 20 minutes like nothing stands out nothing is specific you were just at work and now all of a sudden you're home seems a bit scary right when you think about it but honestly that's you being in a flow state like i'd mentioned before the brain loves repetition and we make the same trip to and from work hundreds of times throughout our careers this puts the pattern into our subconscious so much so that we sometimes don't even remember the drive. And honestly, unless some jerk cuts you off or you're experiencing some kind of different event, like uh, a beautiful sunrise, for instance, or seeing a really beautiful luxury sports car driving alongside you, something that specifically stands out on the trip, the more likely you're going to facilitate that flow state on the drive to and from work. One thing I'd like to point out is that strength is very specific. Let's say you're you're training on a preacher curl machine at the gym. What you're really getting good at in that specific instance is performing that exact exercise, which is one of the main reasons why we perform repetitions, right? I mean, we don't just sit down on the machine and perform the movement one time and then move on to the next thing. No. We go through a system of repetitions. We go through sets. And based on what your goal is, you may be doing five sets of five with heavy load to initiate growth and build muscle, or you may be doing three sets of 15 with a light load or a lighter load to promote muscle tone. Depends on what you want, right? Depends on your goal. The important concept here is that you perform specific exercises in a specific manner consistently because it's not just about how big your muscles are. It's about how your brain is learning to use them in that exact context. It's that mind-muscle or mind-body connection that you're building as well. This is why the best physical training is the type of training that best approximates game day activities. And this is why functional fitness is so important for us firefighters and EMS professionals, right? We do a lot of lifting. We do a lot of pulling, dragging, all that stuff. Being 270 pounds and being able to bench press a car just isn't functional, For us as firefighters, if that's like your one and done, like the one thing you can do, then guess what? You're not all that useful. When on the fire ground are we going to be performing that movement with that much weight? Think about the things we do on the fire ground. In their book, Firefighter Functional Fitness, Jim Moss and Dan Kerrigan talk about the movements that are crucial to us in the fire service. They call them the big eight push, pull, carry, drag, core, cardio capacity flexibility, and lift. These are all the functional movements we're required to do in order to be successful at our job. Keeping these functional movements in harmony with one another is what it's all about. Not being the guy who can bench press 400 pounds. It's all about being able to perform a multitude of exercises. Being able to bench press 400 pounds is impressive, but that person can't stay in the fight for more than 10 minutes. I've seen it. I've witnessed it on the fire ground. If you have the capacity where you weigh 270 pounds, you can bench press a car, and, and you can actually maintain for over 25 minutes of consistent hard work, then good for you. You're a phenom. You're doing it. You're killing it. But you're the exception. You're not the rule. The idea of repetition is what supports our reasoning for doing repeated fireground training exercises, whether it's pulling hose, practicing ventilation cuts, or performing a primary search. So what can we do, if anything, to help facilitate ourselves to get into a flow state? Well, some general things we can keep in mind are being well-rested, performing conscious, consistent, repeated practice, and removing distractions. But all this is easier said than done, right? And those are the simplest things that we can do. And ultimately, you'll have to find individual strategies to confront those three things that I just mentioned, depending on the environment you're in. But still, I'd like to focus on five adaptable principles that can specifically help us achieve a flow state regardless of our environment. Now remember, you're going to have to adapt these principles to your environment. But the idea is that once you understand these principles, you can kind of plug and play. So number one, your skills need to be well matched to the task. Flow is most likely to occur when your skill level is perfectly aligned to the challenge that the activity presents so a runner might experience flow during a marathon that they are well prepared for or a paramedic might reach this state while running a code when they've had a lot of practice in harnessing their practical skills and emotions during such an event in other words gaining practice gaining experience and expertise in an activity will make it more likely that you will achieve flow in the future number two Stretching your skills can lead to a state of flow. Stretching things to just outside your comfort zone or skill level can also foster a flow state. For example, if you've never put on a department-wide training but are asked to host one, you should start out by practicing your approach and delivery to a smaller audience like your crew or even your dog, right? The more you become practiced in that thing and refine it, the more likely you'll get into a flow state when, the, when it's game day, when the time comes, and your ability to present the material will become more natural. And it'll just flow out of you, right? You should put an effort into adding new challenges on a regular basis, something that's going to push you just past your comfort zone. Not only will you become more skilled, but you may find that the state of flow becomes much easier to achieve. Number three, have clear goals. You should have a specific purpose for focusing on the task, such as establishing an IV, breaching a door, maybe via forcible entry, or doing pump operations. People who achieve flow frequently are often intrinsically motivated to perform certain actions. In other words, they have a specific goal in mind. But having that goal in mind and working towards that thing helps them learn other things as well. While they're going through the process, They might be introduced to something else that stands out to them or piques their interest and they might branch off and and focus on that thing or they might want to remember that thing for later and come back to it and refine that thing. Regardless of what it is, have a clear goal, work toward that thing and do your best to keep focused on it. Number four, mitigating interruptions. It's important to devote all of your concentration to the task at hand multitasking and other distractions will disrupt the flow state. Now, excuse me, I understand that in the fire service and EMS, guess what happens? We get interrupted all the time. Like that's the definition of our job. I think it's in the job description, quote, can deal with constant interruption. So if we practice and train In an environment where we're not getting that instruction, it gives us the opportunity, or that interruption, pardon me, it gives us the opportunity to hone and refine that skill, right? Then once it comes game day, we can perform that skill regardless of the interruption. So, what you wanna do is set aside a time and space that'll allow you to work on something without being interrupted or distracted. Turn off your phone, turn off the TV, close the laptop, and just focus on the task at hand. Focus on the objective. One of the biggest asshole moves that I see firefighters do to probies is that they have them learn something in a chaotic environment, like as if that's helping them learn that new thing, right? They throw a scenario at them and then they get in their face and pressure them for answers and expect them to perform, which is absolutely ridiculous. Not only is it an asshole thing to do, but it doesn't facilitate learning in an optimal way, like at all. The only real thing they learn, for sure, is that you're an asshole. Instead, create a controlled environment for learning. That way, when it's going down in the field, the skill and mindset is already locked in, so distraction and everything else will just be merely interesting. I understand that we operate in chaos, but that doesn't mean we should learn in chaos, too. We should learn in an environment that's focused on the objective. That way, like I said... Once everything's locked in, skills and mindset, no amount of distraction can deter us from performing. That's how you create rock stars. Not by throwing an IV bag at them on scene and acting like you're king shit because you've been doing this for 30 years and this is how I learned, so this is how you're going to learn. Not going to work, dude. Not going to work. Number five, focus on the process and not the end state. I know it sounds contradictory to having clear goals, but you need to write down the goal and then focus on the process. So let's say if you want your goal is to get better at pump operations, that's your ultimate goal, right? But you don't focus on just getting better at pump operations and then you magically become better, right? You, you formulate a process and you focus on that process of, establishing a water supply, performing changeover, making sure you're pumping the right pressures to the right lines, making sure you're opening the right lines, all of that stuff. You want to make sure that you're focusing on the process and not missing the forest for the trees. Do you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, You don't want to be just looking at the end and missing all of what's happening in front of you, basically. And Like I said, well, having a goal is important. Flow requires enjoying the journey and not just fixating on the end product. You need to allow yourself to simply live in the present moment without worrying too much about the ultimate outcome of your efforts. Right? Now, I've never been skydiving, but I can imagine it's exhilarating. Now, people don't go skydiving to land on the ground, right? Like they're not like, "Oh, I jumped on an airplane and they don't they don't talk about how they landed on the ground and and being on the ground. They talk about the experience of falling. They talk about the experience of jumping out of the plane. They show videos of people falling through the sky, right? Nobody really showcases the video of them landing safely on the ground. I mean, that's, that can be an element, but that's not the focal point. But anyway, you get my idea. Um, if you become too hyper-focused on your desired outcome, you lose focus in the moment. So for example, early on, I struggled with IV skills. Because I was so desirous and focused on being successful in it due to my crew and captain continually making fun of me rather than helping me, I was hyper-focused and I'd blow it. It was like um, a self-sustaining prophecy. Only when I let go of caring what they thought of me and accepted that no matter what I did, they'd make fun of me, did I remove that distraction and was able to focus on the process and become more than proficient in my IV skills. Achieving flow can be an incredibly pleasurable experience, but it may also have other benefits as well. Research suggests that the benefits of flow include increased skill development and improved performance. Becoming more skilled and capable at a task can help improve your self-esteem in that area, and give you a boost of self-confidence related to those skills. So it's like a win-win, right? Everybody wins. I've included a fantastic article in the show notes that I read all about flow state and how to facilitate it if today's topic sparked a specific interest in you. I would highly recommend you read it. It's really interesting, really interesting. It breaks down different dynamics of flow state. Click the link in the show notes. You won't regret it. It's a great read. One thing to keep in mind is that if you find your shifts at the firehouse flying by, it's because you're in a flow state or going in and out of it at least, right? Running calls. You're trained to run calls. You're trained to do this thing. So when the tones go out, you get an introduction into that flow state. You get to do the thing you're there to do. So you enter your flow state and then time passes quickly. On the other side of that coin if you find that time is dragging along at the firehouse due to lack of call volume, then it's time to fill your downtime with something productive that'll help facilitate that flow. Read a book, do some training, have a conversation, work out, You know, do all the things that you need to be doing to facilitate that flow. If you find y- yourself bored at a firehouse, then you're doing things wrong. What are some of the ways that you've been able to achieve a flow state. Now, when I ask you these questions, I'm genuinely interested. What are some of the ways you've been able to achieve a flow state? Does anything come to mind while listening to this episode? Share it with those of us in the group by clicking the link in the show notes or visit wwwfacebookcom groups ignited firefighter podcast community. Here you can connect with me and firefighters from all over the world you can gain some perspective and get support from brothers and sisters who actually care about building up the brotherhood. This is what the fire service should be. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at IgnitedFF. Engage with me and the rest of us in the group. It is a perfect way to share and obtain new ways to arm yourself with some strategies so you can stand firm in your principles. And come game day, guess what? You're going to be able to perform Also, if you want to take a look at the products and merchandise that I'm currently offering, like challenge coins or hats or shirts or whatever, go to www.ignitedff.com. Again, thanks for listening. I really do appreciate every one of you. I hope you get a lot of information out of this and that it's not just me talking to the wind. I hope you see some value in it. I get a lot of joy out of creating this show for you. And I learn a lot of new things. So remember, moving forward. If you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you'd want on your crew. Be ignited.